everyone. Welcome back to the Indie Basketball Podcast. And, you know, this is the uh, the podcast. This is where we uh, intersect indie music, indie rock, and basketball. And it's where the NBA's finest meet. And today, we're doing a little ISO ball. We're going one-on-one. I have a conversation with Harry Day of Middle Kids. And I got questions and you got answers. I'm not sure if they're fact or fiction. Thanks for coming, dude. Hey, thanks, man. Thanks for having me. Good to have you. I know you're in Australia, and uh, you know, like I mentioned before, scheduling these things is always a little tough. But uh, yeah, what time is it for you over there now, man? It is. It's nine nine o'clock here, nine p.m. here. Oh, that's not too bad. No, it's it's not. It's really. I mean, you're you're pretty much a day ahead, just a little earlier. Yeah, man, you know, Australia is like the best and worst time zone for watching the NBA because <laughs> like it's on literally all day. Like, yeah. just, you know, you can flick on at midday and there's a game on. So on the one hand, that's really nice. But then on the other hand, you know, if you're trying to be busy, you can end up procrastinating the whole day and just watch basketball. That's true. So, um, that's very true. Um, but yeah, thanks again for being here. Um, Harry is a member of the band Middle Kids. Um, I know you guys put out uh today is today we're the greatest is an album from last year um i personally have been a big fan of it uh i know you know we have a lot of people we have a discord channel for indie basketball and a lot of us have really been enjoying listening to that so uh yeah what was what was it like kind of i know in 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 pandemic times what was it like kind of putting that together was a lot of that written before or was it written during yeah we got kind of lucky like we recorded uh we wrote and recorded it mostly in 2019 um we actually came over to la to record it with a guy named lars Stalfors in his studio Mm. in la and we did that in like i think it was october 2019 so um so we had the bulk of the tracking done and then when the pandemic hit yeah we were kind of in the phase of getting the record mixed and um and that kind of took a took a bit longer than expected um but but yeah i mean we were lucky like the record wasn't really delayed very much by the pandemic um i mean we probably i mean we had a really quiet 2020 because you know i mean australia was shut down and the entertainment industry was shut down for for most of that year and i'm sure it's the same in the us um and um so yeah then we started putting the songs out from that record at the end of that year and um and then we actually had all things considered like a pretty amazing run last year with the Mm. record. You know, I think if you were kind of uh, expecting to put a record out and get to play shows in multiple countries in the middle of the pandemic, you know, I I would have thought you'd be crazy to um, assume you could have done that. But we, yeah, I mean, we got kind of blessed by the timing um, because the record came out in, in, um, March and then we Australia was kind of open up opening up enough to play some shows here in May and then we managed to get to the US um for a few months in um like September October last year yeah um and that was the first time we'd been back over in like you know since we'd made the record actually so it'd been like two plus years which mm-hmm. which was a long time because usually we'd try and get over there um at least once a year um so, you know, I mean, it's been a strange time for everyone, but we 
we had a pretty good run with it with that with that album so i feel grateful for that um, yeah i was gonna say yeah. like you know I, in i guess playing shows in australia like is it is touring kind of globally like the main kind of bulk of your shows or are you you still playing a good amount of gigs like locally um yeah i mean we i mean our both we probably spend most of our time touring between australia and the u.s um yeah. we've been to europe a little bit but between those two continents you know yeah we, we get we get pretty busy i mean australia is like a much smaller market so right you can't really play as near nearly as many shows as you can when you go to the u.s which is which is why it's like i feel like it's so exciting for an australian band to yeah. like come to america and play because there's like 50 states and there's like multiple cities in every state like you know in australia there's like eight states and there's like five major cities sure. across the whole thing so so the your tours end up being um being a lot shorter um but i mean but the scene here over the last you know five or so years has been really thriving i feel like live music i mean prior to the pandemic and um it's felt like live music's become a really important part of our culture which is like you know something i feel like in america it's like you have this very rich history of live music and you feel it whenever you go to like you play these like classic venues like right right um first Ave in like um minneapolis or i'm trying to remember where we played in chicago last time the metro i think um, the metro is a big one yeah which was super cool venue um and you walk in there and you feel like bands have been playing these rooms for yeah you're, you know, like you're right across to you from wrigley field and it's like there's a major yeah. baseball stadium like across the street yeah that area is so cool man i remember when we were there in september um it was like pretty early on in this tour we did and we were chatting to one of the guys from the working the venue and he said that metallica had been there the week before doing like a I remember that. show yeah and, and i thought man if you could have seen metallica in that room uh that would have been pretty epic um that was such an insane so, thing because they're like yep we're gonna drop tickets for tomorrow at the metro where we haven't played in like 20 over 20 what 40 years like something like since like the 90s it's, yeah insane man like that show would have just blown your head off um, right yeah i had a few friends um, but, yeah, I mean, like, but that's insane yeah 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 but yeah i think that um um pretty much between those two um countries we get pretty busy for sure, yeah. Um, have you uh, you guys been recording anything new? Yeah, we're working on a record at the moment. Um, it's in pretty early stages, um, mm-hmm. and we're still kind of figuring out exactly how we want to do it. Um, but the the ball's definitely rolling, and um, yeah, we're getting pretty excited to, to lay some of these things down because um, Hannah's been writing a lot, cool. and um, we have a pretty kind of linear sort of like writing and creation process. Like how okay. usually begin the writing and then she'll pass it on to Tim. He'll kind of start fleshing it out, producing it. And then when we're getting nearer to the stage of um, doing some recording, we'll all get together and start to kind of hash it out um, and get ready to go into the studio. Um, so we're kind of in cool. that stage now. Um, cool. Yeah. So, I mean, based on what you just said, like um, I, I saw that, Middle Kids kind of started up as as kind of Hannah's like kind of like solo project. How did how kind of how did you come across joining the band? Um, yeah, so Hannah had been like doing her own her own solo project for a while, and then she met Tim 
um, and they started collaborating. Um, and I'd known Tim from when I was younger. Like we kind of, we, he's a few years older than me, but I, I remember like a close buddy of mine at school was friends with him. So we kind of met each other through some mutual friends. We actually met at a grizzly bear concert. I remember that. Um, <laughs> and he like gave me and my friend a ride and he like rear-ended the car in front of us on, on the main drag outside the theater. Cause we were arguing about, I don't know, some, which local pizza joint was better or something. But, um, but yeah, I'd known Tim and we'd played a bit of music and he'd also had his own kind of solo sure. act. And then, um, Han and Tim started, yeah, collaborating and then they needed a drummer. So Tim, um, hit me up and I just finished uni and, um, was hanging around. So it was kind of like a pretty perfect timing. We'd all just kind of wrapped up doing something like previous to the band and we were all kind of in a really good position to, um, I don't know, give it a real crack. And, yeah. you know, we got pretty lucky. Like we, the first song we put out just kind of, um, got people's attention. And then from there we, we, um, just kind of been rolling ever since. Nice. It's awesome, man. Um, yeah, you were mentioned touring before, but, uh, I had previously on this podcast, Nick Ewing from local natives and, he mentioned you guys toured uh, together and actually kind of he said in that podcast he was like i think he was talking about you is like there's always like that one guy and in, in band and like you guys clicked on basketball yeah yeah no i remember when you asked me to do the podcast i had a look at it and i, and I saw who else um had been on it and i recognized nick because yeah he um he was a big clippers fan and and um yeah we were touring right during the playoffs of the um yeah 20 uh, I guess it was what year was it that the Raptors won the championship? Was it 2019? Um, I believe it was. Yes. Yeah. So we were like touring during the playoffs, and um, I was getting super amped because I'm a Raptors fan, and mm. and you know we uh, we were rolling, and then um, yeah, Nick would come and watch the game every now and then, and um, and it was funny too, like um, like because we we were supporting, so like we'd always have the early set. And then local natives would have the um, the um, the head, head main set, and so depending on what like coast we were on or what game was on, like the game would usually be on either during like uh, our set or his set. So like, and then I remember the final. Um, we were in um, San Antonio actually, and which is kind of funny because then um, I remember Raptors won, and I was I was so pumped and like. I remember it was while local natives were playing and then um, I kind of forgot that Nick would often like to go back and watch the games. And then, so I tried not to like ever like ruin the score for him, but I was just too <laughs> amped. And then I like just, I was, I think I saw him after and I was like, dude, we won. Yeah. <laughs> and he was like, no, I was going to watch it. I'm like, oh, sorry, man. Um, yeah. I actually uh, mentioned when I mentioned to him that I was going to have you on the podcast, he's like, make sure you bring up how he ruined game six uh, for me. Oh, uh, no, dude. I mean, you can't blame me, bro. Like, you know, we just won and I was, I know you're, I mean, yeah. you're a fan. That's you can't keep that in. That's it, man. I needed someone to like share it with. Cause you know, uh, also cause I was in San Antonio too. So there were sure. like kind of salty, salty, yeah. uh, people around. Definitely. Um, I mean, you know, while we're kind of transitioning into discussion about hoops, um, how, I mean, you know, 
I guess what's it like as a basketball fan in Australia? Like, is there a, a big culture for it out there? Or I know you recently got into basketball. So kind of what, what's that kind of process like? Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a big uh, NBA fan base here. Um, you know, I feel like the NBA is like put so much work into like uh, kind of like getting outside of the American market over the last There's years. certainly plenty of players for sure. Yeah, totally. Um, and so, yeah, I know a bunch of people who are into it. Um, and I mean, close friends of mine, like I play in a fantasy league with a bunch of my mates. Yeah. So we're always talking about it. And, um, and although it's interesting because we have a league here too, the NBL, but okay. um, but I don't know anything about it because like, <laughs> um, it's it's you know it's kind of like, I mean yeah, it's, in terms of just com- to compare it to the NBA, it's kind of like, uh, I mean in some ways it's compare like if you compare any sort of small market sure. to a big market, there's always going to be different. It's like here, it's there's the Canadian Football League to the NFL. Yeah right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I wish I went to see Lamelo when he was playing down here because. Oh yeah, um, that's right. Because he did that. I, I can't remember which team it was, but I know they're the Warhawks or something like that. Yeah, um, I think they're like sort of South Sydney, so pretty close to me. Um, uh-huh. But I think that was like 2020, so it was like first year of the pandemic too. True. So I don't even know, like, if people were attending games or. Um, um, but yeah, I mean, that would have been nice to see him before he, you know, broke out and started doing right. what he's doing now um but you're you're definitely cool. you're recent into the nba like how, how did you start getting into it um i'm trying to remember dude i definitely started getting into it about five years ago um i think it was around the time we started spending more time in america so yeah i'd be over there and there's always games on and i'd just be like True. you know we'd be on tour and i'd be killing time between sound checking a show and i'd be watching a game or um or um I remember also I was living in a share house at the time, I think it was 2016 and there was a pub like right next, like just down the road and that always show the playoffs. So we'd kind of always go down and watch um, Golden State just kicking everybody's ass um, yeah. back then. And then, um, then I actually, my friends asked me to join this fantasy league and that was probably like when I actually got into it because I kind of needed to, to compete in this thing. And it was interesting actually, it was like, it was like a fun way to, um, to like get into the sport because you know it's kind of got that gamified element to it, and yeah, um, yeah. and it's pretty addictive. So um, definitely, what's funny with fantasy uh, base, basketball too is like you almost don't even have to you don't have to watch necessarily. You can kind of just yeah. look up on your on and based on like the stats, just kind of you know who's good. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and I imagine there's lots of people who do that. Um, yeah, but um, but yeah, I think it's like nice when you're like watching a game and there's a guy on your team and he gets a bucket. You go, come on, it's got two points. Especially in person too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think if I've had that experience. Have you been? To, have you? What's the last kind of? Have you been to a game? Yeah, I've been to a couple games. I went to. Um, I was when we were over there just recently. I was in San Antonio. I went to a Spurs game. Oh, nice. Um, and that was pretty cool to see DeJounte. Um, and they played the Lakers and it went to overtime. So that was a pretty cool experience. Um, but I don't think anyone was on my fantasy team. Um, <laughs> um, I mean, DeJounte but, might um, uh, be most improved player this year. 
Oh, dude, he's the scores he's putting up in, in at least in the fantasy league are yeah. insane. Like, uh, like, and you know, even just watching it, like what he's doing for the team too. For sure, um, super impressive. I mean, yeah, I'm happy he got a uh, got added to the All Star team. Yeah, yeah, that's. I think that's uh, that's really cool. Um, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, there's so many exciting young guys in the league right now. It feels like a very, very uh, uh, cool. I, mean, I feel like it feels like there's the, the highest quality of young players probably since I've been a, a fan. Of for sport. sure. I mean, yeah, I feel like in, you'd like people are coming out of the draft and making impact. I feel like faster than they had in the past. Like I yeah. think this year's yeah, rookie see, class is really good. Oh man, I think it's insane. Like you see like Scotty Barnes, for example, like he looks like a fourth year player already. Like he's so confident. He looks mature. Yeah. Like he just looks mature. He's super athletic. Yeah. He's got like a physically like a big presence on the floor and he can kind of do everything too. Um, and you know, like it's pretty rare that you see him have a terrible night or like right. even like you know make back-to-back mistakes. Like so, he's been he's been awesome to watch this year. There's um, like Mobley. Might, I mean, yeah, there's Mobley, uh, Josh Giddy. Australian, yeah, Australian native Josh Giddy. Yeah, 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 man. He's um, I think I just saw he put up like three triple doubles in a row, didn't he? Something that's wild, crazy, crazy man. Yeah, and I think uh, Cade Cunningham had a recent triple double as well. There's just a lot of people. And even second round Ao Dosunu from for the Bulls. Like there's just a lot of surprising talent and yeah, just all around in this draft. It's gonna be an interesting uh rookie of the year race. I think Barnes yeah, Barnes definitely. had it early on, but he might have fallen a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, I mean it'd be awesome if he got it, but I mean any of those guys, they all they're all just killing it. So yeah. Gets it. Um, man, the Bulls have been exciting to watch this season. Been it's, it's been a fun year, man. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's especially after a pretty good stretch where it's, it's been it's been rough. But yeah, very. Yeah. It's especially with DeRozan, like it's just so awesome oh, to see him do so well. Dude, totally. He's having like his Renaissance kind of uh, yeah. period. It's kind of nice too because it it feels like Bulls have the support of Raptors fans because huh. of DeRozan. That's cool. Yeah, I mean, I feel like you know. I, I I started. I think I was maybe into NBA maybe the last year at DeRozan was at the Raptors, so I was never like that familiar with him. Um, yeah, as a player, but um, but um, yeah. I mean, it's just so cool to see like a team like rebuild and just have so much chemistry like so quickly. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, and it's not also nice to see DeRozan now with a team around him that can get it done you know i feel like yeah um he was such an amazing mid-range and kind of iso scorer at toronto mm-hmm. but felt like whatever it was wasn't working and, and they had to do that make that big move which was yeah. kind of a crazy move but um well, it's super nice with uh with toronto how you know they had their kind of leadership with lowry and DeRozan, and then you had Kawhi for a little bit but like they're all gone now but now you just have you have Gary Trent Jr. and you got Fred Van Vliet and they've kind of taken over and like they're they're holding their own pretty well. Yeah, I'm actually loving this squad, man. Um, you know, I feel like they've got the chemistry and they've got the depth. And I think I saw a stat the other day that like their starting five have like the total highest um, point stats for like yeah. the league. 
as a starting five. Um, and, you know, I think that the depth's been there for the team over the last um, few years, but it just kind of hasn't all clicked. Like, even when Kawhi was there for that season, I think that, like, you know, he was definitely an impact player, but yeah. there was, there was, they even had the depth then. Um, but, yeah, now it's like with, like, I feel like, Pascal Siakam's kind of kind of back this season, and Fred just keeps to keeps like growing and growing. It's crazy to think that Van Vliet was like a bench guy, yeah. During that time, yeah, absolutely. Hey, yeah, I remember. I always like if I see replays in that time, I'm like, oh yeah, Fred was there. Yeah. Like, um, you know, still like, had the clutch I shots though. Uh huh. Yeah, man. Um, oh, I love him. He's maybe my favorite guy on the team right now. Yeah, he's he's just, uh, just his story too. You know, it's like so yeah, so awesome. What, uh, I guess, what made you pick Raptors for your team? Yeah, I'm trying to remember. I, I think, I, I mean, Kyle Lowry was, like, my favorite player um, for some reason when I started started uh, watching basketball. And I think that I also felt like Toronto being, like, in Canada and outside of America, I guess I yeah. felt some kind of, like, affiliation with that, you know, part of the Commonwealth or something. Um, totally, I get it. Like, uh, yeah. I feel like, too, with, with Canada, it's, like, it's just all of Canada supports like the one team. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool when you're there and it feels yeah. like, you know, like everybody um, is behind that team. And um, so, but yeah, but yeah, they've been a fun team to support. I, I really like Nick Nurse and like how he's been running the show. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, I've got like a pretty strong, relatively young team. So we'll see what we can do. I feel like we could use, a center still, you know, it's like, um, feels probably like the weakest part of our game at the moment. It's just, I feel like as a Bulls fan, I relate. We're lacking size. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. Um, not this year, I guess, cause the trade line <laughs> deadline's gone, but we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. True. Well, apparently the, I think the Bulls actually might, I think they just signed Tristan Thompson. Oh, really? It's interesting. Um, I don't know how I feel about that, but I'll take the size. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I guess I have to ask, uh, what do you think about the whole Ben Simmons ordeal? Yeah, it's been like, uh, interesting. Um, I'm just glad that he's like back in a place where he wants to play basketball because I hope they're both happy. Yeah. Like, I think it works for both teams and, you know, like, you know, is what was really happening behind closed doors at yeah. at the um, Sixers. But, like, yeah, I just think that he's got so much potential. Like, you know, he's one of the, like, best prospects, young prospects in the NBA in the last five, ten years. Yeah. And it's been sad just seeing him struggle and now sidelined. So, yeah, I really hope that it does, like, resurrect his game and, just kind of find some confidence because that because he's so good to watch like yeah for some reason uh, after like his he had a subpar playoff performance like people just like wrote him off and they're like oh his career's over it's like i, I don't understand that because he's still a very talented player who has a lot of room to grow mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's so funny like during playoffs it's like regular season just it becomes completely irrelevant like um i mean i kind of i, mean, I kind of get, get it. it it makes sense on one level but but um but it's like when you go back and you're watching highlights from like previous years, like basically the, all they talk about is playoffs. Um, yeah. Um, 
but it's very different like when you're in the season like with with your team kind of like you know going up and down rolling mm-hmm. with them um well, yeah, I feel like especially the... if you... no go ahead yeah if you're supporting a team like that like you see the player's journey and like you know if you see them if they have an amazing um regular season and then for some reason they don't don't do it in the playoffs i feel like if you don't follow the team then you're really only going to see what they're doing in the playoffs and then yeah. that's the perception you're going to have so right because uh, then all the games are on national television so that's all they see mm-hmm. yeah but the yeah. uh, raptors are you're in an interesting spot you're in the seventh seed so i think it'll be an interesting second half yeah i think so man we, we were definitely struggling at the start of the season and then we just had that nice little streak of wins yeah and felt like it was coming together a bit um so we'll see man hopefully we can avoid the playing um um but if not then that'll just be a bit more fun we'll see God, I, I told you i always forget i not always but i forget about the play-in how it because it's such a new uh, thing yeah. yeah not sure i like it but you know yeah i don't know either hey it's it's definitely especially if your team's in it because it's just it becomes too emotional it's too much of an emotional <laughs> yeah. rollercoaster just getting through that and then you're in the playoffs you know right um, yeah um, sure. I mean, where where are the Bulls at right now? Are they second or? It's worked in a dead heat with with the Heat. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. So it's it's nice. I I I did not expect like a first place in the East. This situation, yeah. I thought maybe we'd get like fourth or, I'd honestly fifth, but definitely exceeding my expectations. Yeah. Yeah. The well, Nets, man, they are falling fast. Yeah. Yeah. They've seemed to to um have had some sort of breakdown i have a, I have a friend of mine a Nets fan and he's not he's not in a happy happy place right yeah now. yeah definitely um you planning on watching any of the all-star festivities in the next few days um yeah i probably will flick on at some point man i mean i'll be yeah. on in the middle of the bed yeah. so um <laughs> but i'd like to see fred um get a few minutes like i just think it's so cool that he made the team and um, is he in the three-point contest uh, I don't know, man. Um, Wonder I should um, look up the who's in it this year because I, I you got to think that he's in something, whether it's skills challenge or yes, he is in the three point contest. Oh, cool. Yeah, going against my man oh, Zach Levine. Oh man, I mean, I wouldn't want to be going up against him in a three point challenge, dude, because he's got a very sexy jump shot. <laughs> Uh, cool, man. So this is the kind of point where usually we, we play a little bit of a game uh, and that's musician matchup where we kind of, we have a set of players. We, we decide if they were a band or a musician, what would they sound like? Who, what kind of band represents them? That sort of thing. And since you are a Raptors fan, we're going to do some Raptors players. Um, but yeah, it's you know it's a little fun. The fun always comes in trying to compare our answers and to see the justification for why you would come up with it. Oftentimes, yeah. it's very silly, but uh, <laughs> no, it's it's a fun little thing to do. So we'll we'll start off with Demar Derozan. Who do you think he sounds like? Yeah, cool man. Um, I found this one hard actually because I was trying to go come at it from a a Raptors um kind of lens, you know, yeah. and really hone in on the players' time at the Raptors and um, I mean the biggest thing that comes to mind for DeRozan from a Raptors point of view is that I feel like he was kind of like the sacrificial lamb uh, who was slaughtered you know for the 
for the franchise to win a championship. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, he was a franchise player, and to get dropped the season before the championship win in a trade for the guy who you know got you there. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty tough. And then it was hard to like, I couldn't really think of many like examples in <laughs> in uh, music history or where like that had happened to a band. So the one I got closest to was Jack Irons, who was the founding drummer of the Red Hot Chili Peppers. <laughs> okay. And, um, played on their first couple records and then um, he left the band. And then I think Chad Smith joined like just, you know, for the Mother's Milk record and then you know, and then in the nineties, they just blew up and became sure. like the, more the biggest band in the world. <laughs> um, so, and you know, Jack Irons is a good drummer. Uh, yeah, you know, formative, very formative member of that band. So, so that, that was that's the a, I got with that one. I love, I love the metaphor of it all too. Yeah, there's also like I feel like to a lesser extent, there's like Alkaline Trio. How they had they uh-huh. have, they had a different drummer for their like demo. And then once they kind of switched drummers, they, they kind of took off a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. There's probably a lot of bands like that, but you just don't yeah. hear about them because, you know. Because no one hears about the demo there. days. Yeah. Exactly, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I went, I went a little, I went more of a career uh, uh-huh. element, and like, especially because he's in the Bulls. I can't help but think about that. But yeah, I like that angle is a lot more positive, man. I think that's good. <laughs> yeah. And I went with, you know, he's the guy who gives you consistent hits. So well, I'll start with the band, and I went with um, Damien Gerardo. Uh-huh. And I feel like, you know, he has had consistent hits. He's he's definitely somehow gotten better as he's gotten older. His sound has changed, but, like, I t- it's, in my taste, in a little bit of a better way. So it's just yeah. like, but he's always been good, and it's just like he's kind of shifted in, in this, his more recent years. Yeah, that's good. I like it, man. <laughs> Would you say he's in his like Renaissance period or is that a bit? I think so. (laughs) Yeah. I think, I think it's, I wouldn't say he's like hitting his peak because it's almost after his peak, Mm -hmm. you know, but he's like, he's, I think he's definitely having like a really strong veteran season. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's definitely an MVP conversation, which is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Even, I mean, he's a starter, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. This weekend. Yeah. Which is so cool. Definitely. Um, Cool. Moving down the line, the second one is legendary Vince Carter, who I know is before uh, before you were watching Raptors, but everyone knows Vince Carter, man. Uh, yeah, man. Everyone's seen that 2000 uh, slam dunk contest, man. Um, there's, I think there's two things with Vince Carter. There's the dunk contest where he puts his arm in the rim, and then there's the Olympics where he jumped over that guy. Oh, yeah, dude. That, that moment was insane. <laughs> um, yeah, so for Vince... Um, I went with the kind of, cause you know, he was at the Raptors during mm-hmm. that, um, that era of his career where particularly with the dunks, you know, I feel like he was a bit, bit of an improvis improvisatory genius. Yeah. And, um, and, you know, as well as like what he did for basketball in Canada, um, you know, in some ways he's kind of like did what Michael Jordan did for basketball in America, um, in Canada with people like, getting around the sport in a big way. Um, so I, I thought that he was kind of like a bit of a Jimi Hendrix, um, you know, in terms of his improvising abilities, but also I feel like what Jimmy did for the guitar in America, yeah. Vince kind of did for 
basketball in Canada. So he's also just got that flair. Yeah, he's got that style. Like yeah, um, yeah. My more, I had a more obscure one. I was going to go Miles Davis. I feel like he does <laughs> yeah. thing. Like if you want to go more on the improvising kind of thing, um, for sure. And you know, I mean, he did for jazz trumpet what <laughs> Michael True. Jordan did for basketball, but um, or Vince did for basketball in Canada. But um, yeah, but just a bit more obscure, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I went. I, I also went with his play style. Um, and it's, but it's more of like the, like the tone of his play style. So I went with my bloody Valentine, Oh, cool. but man. it's, it's, but it's because he, he's very like, he, he was a high flyer. He was very airy, but he was also very like loud. Mm-hmm. And it's just like that shoegaze. Like he's, he looks like shoegaze, <laughs> you know, it's just like the balance of, of like, it's such like a light sound, but it's also just like very violent in the same way. Yeah, it's almost like confusing. You know, like yeah. it's like kind of horrifically beautiful. I, I've um, heard a lot. Of, I, I never got to see my bloody Valentine, but I've heard a lot of people say if like it's shoegaze, it's very echoey and stuff. But it's also one of the loudest bands they've ever seen. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, I love that band. I was listening to them heaps um, last year actually, because because I I think they just they started distributing through someone else and they like because their music wasn't on like any streaming services or anything um and they're it's really hard to find like re- records of theirs as well because i don't sure. think they've been in print for ages so um but they just i think they re-signed and then now all the music's up on yeah, Spotify, yeah. so i was just i was smashing that stuff man <laughs> so good oh yeah yeah uh all right moving on to a more we already talked about him a little bit more recent, uh, Fred Van Vliet. Yeah, my man. Um, so for Fred, I was concentrating on, you know, his story as a player, and okay. um, which I love, you know, undrafted, um, you mm-hmm. know, grinds it out. I think was, I think they won the G, G League championship the, the year he was playing in the G League. Um, and... You know, he's just been grinding for the last couple of seasons and now he's an all-star. Um, in which, and, you know, in some ways I feel like he's truly like an indie basketballer. Like, yeah. Those kind of like, um, those roots. So I went with Modest Mouse on this one. Cause, oh, nice. Um, you know, I feel like similar thing for them, their early records, kind of pretty obscure, um, but kind of grounded out, just touring relentlessly around the U.S. Nice. Yeah. Um, and then you know like what for that i think it was their fourth record they kind of finally hit that mainstream success and and um and then had like two huge records so sure. i feel like he's in you know he's just in the beginning of that yeah that, that period um you know probably in terms of personality i wouldn't say that match is as accurate um <laughs> But but in terms of the the arc of his career, yeah, I feel like he's you don't think Van Vliet's a Isaac Brock type. <laughs> yeah, probably not quite. It's probably more of our next um our next guy we're going to talk about. Yeah, yeah. It's funny. I I actually I had a couple episodes. I also had Joe Plummer, who was in Modest Mouse for a bit. And I, yeah. you know, having you here, there must be something about drummers that really, you know, I feel like half the people I've had on the drummers are the ones who are the basketball fans. Oh, that's cool, man. I love Joe. We uh we toured with Cold War Kids like um four or five years ago over over there, and um yeah, they're all really great dudes, and connected with him. He's a great great dude. 
for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, for Fred Van Vliet, <laughs> I went with I. Mine also was kind of that journey. You know, he was. I went with Owen Pallet <laughs> because he was a he was a know. member. I don't know that. Who, so yeah, that? He, he was a he played violin in Arcade Fire. Uh huh. So he he was a member of a solid team, and then yep. he went on to do his. You know, he came out with his own stuff. Yeah. You know, he was the background guy in Arcade Fire, and then he came out with his, his own albums, and his own albums on their own are very good. So he kind of broke oh, out cool, on his man. own, and that's kind of the territory I went with it. Yeah. Um, and also that it helps that the they got the double of the Arcade Fire Canadian connection with Fred Van Vliet. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I dig it. <laughs> so the last one who I've already had uh as as a subject on this but this was he was in the clippers for that one that was with nick ewing's uh Mm -hmm. game but uh we're gonna go with Kawhi leonard again yeah cool um i mean this one i I thought was pretty simple because you know Kawhi comes for one season wins a championship Mm -hmm. and then leaves you know it's kind of like a one-hit wonder oh perfect so i went with um do you remember that band peter beyond and john Yes, um, they had they had that song, um, Young Folks. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, and um, and I won't whistle it because it'll just be in your head all day. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's a track, man. It's a huge song, but yeah, I'm not sure what else they've done since then. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, that was that was Kawhi for me. I mean, I also like there was actually like a lot of bands who I was thinking of. Another one would be um, do you know that Australian band, The Middle East? Yeah, had, like a yeah. really big song blood um yes uh in like the late 2000s um that was in like a ton uh, of movies yeah yeah man that was like the most sinkable song yeah. of the decade and then um then they imploded and um <laughs> um so bit of that kawaii energy for sure <laughs> at, at the raptors yeah i'm i'm glad we ended up settling on doing kawaii because the story with the raptors is very different than the story with the clippers uh-huh. Yeah. Well, the, the kind of Clippers story is almost more like San Antonio kind of like period for Kawhi. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, yeah, it would have been interesting if he ended up staying at Toronto um, in terms of yeah. injuries. Um, and in some ways, it's kind of cool that how Toronto's rebuilt since that for sure. championship. I mean, it's like it's so weird. Like, I don't know if maybe, you know, like, I don't know if that's kind of ever happened before in like NBA history, like a player goes for one like a you know key player goes right. for one season wins a championship and then fails i mean it definitely happens in baseball a good amount where someone will get traded to a team win a championship and then leave yeah i mean that happened with the cubs with the chapman but uh yeah I, i'm i'm sure it's definitely happened before um mm-hmm. but that is a major major thing especially because he was you know he was an mvp like candidate yeah and he yeah, definitely he won finals mvp right yeah yeah and it's like um it is weird because it's kind of like um it's kind of a bit quick and dirty you know like it it like leaves a bit of a sour taste in your mouth yeah um, like as much as that was as amazing as that season was to, to <laughs> witness um you know looking back you're like <laughs> it was it didn't last long you know right and, yeah you know it's like want to savor it uh-huh yeah that's it who did you um, get the Kawhi the Raptors? Yeah, so I I honestly don't even remember what I said the last time he was brought up, but I still went with more of a 
general vibe of Kawhi Leonard. Uh-huh. Yeah. And he's definitely bizarre. So I went I went with Grouper, which is oh, just cool. like just he's noise and there's like minimal talking. And yeah. it's very it's all like like ambient tone and that's just kind of how he is as a person yeah it's like he's like an enigma <laughs> yeah I, and i love how what yeah. nick said too he's fka twigs it's like an alien yeah yeah <laughs> yeah man he's i mean i kind of love that about him he's one of my favorite players in the league just because he is an anomaly for sure he's just so unique he just doesn't buy into like any kind of um any of the sort of ego trip yeah stuff. definitely so missing him this just, year yeah, me too, man. Um, he definitely has such a presence when he's healthy. And, you know, I'm my favorite thing about him as a player, like, I mean, even that shoegaze thing, he's got a bit of that Vince Carter. Like, when he's driving to the basket, it's almost like he goes in slow motion. Yeah. Like, or it's kind of like, um, it would be like Manchester Orchestra or like Sigurus <laughs> or something. Like, you like, oh, yeah, Sigurus like for slow mo, sure. like going, and then he just like, destroyed yeah the, yeah giant hand. yeah he's definitely got like a post-rock atmosphere yeah 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 <laughs> yeah that's solid all right so that's all we got for the game um but hey man i really appreciate you coming on it's been great talking hoops with you yeah thanks man um no, I'm, I'm glad we connected dude i remember the first time i saw you uh i think on instagram maybe it was after you'd like done a middle kid i think it, you did like the the middle Middleton so, kids. Chris, yeah, Middleton kids. Um, I saw your one that was like, um, it was the Sandy, Alex G, and OG, I don't know, everyone. Um, yeah. Which is like the nexus of two of my like most favorite <laughs> and obscure people in the world. And I was like, yeah, this guy gets it. He gets, yeah. He gets the nexus I, I don't know. Yeah. Also, uh, recently I, I did a, have you, I don't know if you've heard the band Shogren. No, I don't know them. So I tried to do a post for them recently and every time I search them up, it's a, for some reason, a picture of middle kids comes up. Really? Like, That's like that. Weird. And I did. So I, what I did is I posted one for Shogren and Nick actually messaged me. He's like, that's middle kids. <laughs> and I'm like, oops, delete. Cause there's several that's- pictures of you guys when you search them. And I just don't understand why. Maybe you're just on the same playlist or something. That's so weird. I've never even heard of it. I'm gonna have to. Yeah. I'm gonna have to do a search after this. Yeah. <laughs> that is um, interesting. But yeah, I I really appreciate you coming on. It's it's yeah. It's it's always nice having these conversations and being able to even if it's just through Instagram, kind of connect on the on the hoops like this. Yeah, totally, man. Well, hey, next time I'm in Chicago, man, maybe we can go and uh, go and uh, see a game or something. Absolutely. That. Go see some yeah. goals, yeah, for sure. But yeah, uh, yeah thanks again, and um, yeah, we'll talk soon. Awesome, thanks, man. Catch up. All right, take care. See you, Brett. So that's it for this episode of Indie Basketball, the podcast. Uh, I want to thank Harry Day again for joining us. If you haven't listened to Middle Kids, make sure you go check them out. They're awesome. Today, we're the greatest. Their latest album is on Spotify and all the streaming platforms. And be sure to follow us on social media. Uh, of course, we're on Instagram. That's number one. Uh, that's where all the main content lives. But we are also on Twitter, TikTok, actually. Uh, and we are on YouTube, which more stuff will be coming to YouTube this year. I promise. 
And if you want to keep the conversation going, we have an awesome Discord community. Uh, you can find the link to that in the Instagram bio. And uh, yeah, come join us. Come talk music. Come talk hoops. And uh, share your Wordle score with us. It's a great time. Thanks for listening, everyone.